We're here today at one of my favorite places to be. Here on the banks of the Laurel Fork in the heart of Dennis Cove, a little stretch of creek that I've been playing in for about 35 years. When I'm stressed and my world feels a little out of control, a few minutes alongside the shore, or better yet, in the water, and I begin to feel better. Sort of my life just recalibrates. But there is something I've noticed over the last 35 years. This rock that I sit on right now used to just barely jut out of the grass. And all of this around me was trees and bushes and grass where now there's just bare rock and sand. I probably first noticed the change maybe 25 years ago that little by little the grass was being chased back, the dirt was being washed away, the rocks were being laid bare, new channels of creek were opening up around me. The water's low today, but after a good rain, this rock would actually be surrounded by the creek. And then about five years ago, uh, there was a big storm, and, and a, a big rock upstream got shifted a little bit, and what was erosion inch by inch became erosion foot by foot. I don't normally think about erosion very much, I doubt you do either. Maybe when you visit the Grand Canyon and see how that river has carved that huge canyon or something like that, or when you've got a plugged up gutter and it's eating away at your bushes. But suddenly I began to think about erosion. And every time we came up to the cove, I began to wonder how much of the bank will we have lost now? In fact, you can see that recent storms have cut even further into the bank than we ever anticipated. And at first, as you can tell, we sort of ignored the erosion. We just figured we'd let nature take its course. But as the storms began to threaten kind of the land that we loved to sit on and camp on and play on, we finally got busy doing something about it. Hauling rocks, stacking them up, forming a little wall to protect the dirt that was here, our next step is to haul back in some sand and dirt and plant a few trees that will anchor the land like it used to be. I mention all this because I feel like our culture is sort of in a time of erosion. Not necessarily the banks of our creeks, but relational erosion. Everybody I talk to, everywhere I go, I hear a story of weakened relational ties Divisions that we seem to be able to manage before, divisions about politics and culture and race that now are becoming less manageable. And then in the midst of that, we had a storm, COVID-19. Over the last several weeks, I've been meeting with lots of people and asking them just two simple questions. What's been the hardest thing for you about this last six months? And what's been the surprising blessing? And, and the blessings have ranged. One person said the surprising blessing for me was catching up with old friends all across the world on Zoom. Another person said, I didn't realize how much I like being alone. It's been great. But when I ask about the hardest thing, about 80% of the answers have been on the same theme. Some version of people telling me that they're lonely. 
One person says the hardest thing is I miss my friends. Another person says the hardest thing is that I miss my Sunday school class. Another person says the hardest thing is not seeing people, not getting to eat out with friends. It's always the same story. It's about the relational erosion that already was present in our culture but has been rapidly accelerated by COVID. And so, faced with that kind of problem, the long-term relational erosion of our culture, and then the acute problem of relational weakening that we've experienced over the last six months. Christians have a choice. We can do nothing. We can ignore it. That's sort of what we've done here for the last 20 years. Or we can get strategic and fight against the erosion. That's what we've decided to do now. We can make a plan to begin to strengthen those relational ties. That's our choice. And what do we do? Well, because we love, we act. Because we love one another, we act to reinvest those relationships. Because we love our neighbors, we act to reconnect with our neighbors. Because we love our nation and our world, we act to rebuild relational connection over all the barriers that are springing up in our culture. Because we love, we act. Because action is what love does. That is what love does. My name's Ethan, I'm one of the pastors here, and I think that today is an important day for our church. A day when a lot of us are going to make a decision to put love into action. Do you remember the old song? More than a feeling, more than a feeling. That's all I'm going to sing, don't worry. But what that song says is what the Bible says about love. It's more than a feeling. It, it's an action. That's the biblical truth. You know, I love weddings for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is that we get to read and reread the scriptures about love. And none of them are just about feelings or just about our affections. They are all about our allegiances and our actions. Maybe you think, remember what Ruth said to Naomi, don't ask me to leave you or to go far from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. That is a pledge to action. Or maybe you've heard 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It's the most famous wedding passage of all time and for very good reason. Paul writes, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Paul, in this chapter, is not describing an emotion, not a mindset, not an infatuation or an inclination of the heart. 
No. Paul is describing a strategic course of action. And think about what a difference it would make in our world if more of us, starting with me and then you and then our whole church and then more and more people, if more of us decided to act like this in our present moment. Patient? That would help right now, wouldn't it? Kind? Without envy or boasting or pride? What if we just, as a culture, made a commitment to not dishonor others or to seek our own good? To not get mad easily? Can you just see how if if it was this set of actions, if this is, if I, I just look at our world and I just think, what would really help our world? And what I think would really help our world is exactly this kind of love. If it started with just the people that called Jesus Lord, if we said, we're going to do this, not feel this way, that won't help the world unless those feelings are followed by actions. If we said, we're always going to protect and always trust and always hope and always persevere. Lately, uh, I've done some reading and some talking about the increase in loneliness, the disconnection that so many of us are experiencing. And basically, if you go go start talking to people and reading, what you discover is that basically everybody and everywhere across the globe is experiencing a rise in loneliness. You know, the social scientists that study this kind of thing, they interview people. And in general, you know, you know, people, lonely people fall on a scale, right? Some of us are barely lonely at all, and some of us are super lonely, and most of us are somewhere in between. And they just say in this season, it's just the whole chart has shifted toward the lonely side. Everybody's a little more lonely than they were. Even church folk, even we are more lonely because our relationships have been disrupted too. But one interesting thing I read said that even though we're all a little more lonely, and this applies to church folk too, that church folk are doing a little better than others because we have some relational networks that have stayed better intact in this season. Maybe your Sunday school Zoom class kept meeting or your small group figured out a way to continue to meet uh, through all this. But the relational erosion that I talked about there by the Creekside, it's affecting almost everyone. But not everyone has the solution. The impact, everyone's got that. The effects, everyone has that. The suffering from a relational erosion, everyone's got that. But not everybody's got the solution. But we do. The church does. Jesus does. God's word teaches us the solution. Strategic, active love. The kind of love Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13, that's the kind of love that will actually make a difference in our relationally eroding moment. And that is what the love does experience is all about. Today's kind of the preview week, uh, the last big challenge to encourage everyone to jump on board, and week one starts next week. And the components of the experience are very simple. I just want you to consider three clear challenges. Number one, gather on the weekends. Whether it's online or in 
person, if your participation has somehow wavered, I want to challenge you to recommit to the weekly gathering for worship for at least the next five weeks. Just say, I'll do it for five straight weeks and see if God doesn't bless that. Number two, I want to challenge you to read the book. This Love Does book, it's so much fun. I've read it a couple times now, but reread it in preparation for this series, and it's just delightful. You will be uh, inspired, you'll laugh, you'll smile, you'll feel better about the world, and more importantly, you'll feel better about God and how God could use you to bless the world as the active love of God works in you and through you. So be here on the weekends, read the book. And the third challenge is I challenge you to launch a Love Does group or commit to participate in a group that somebody else launches. Now, I know the challenge to launch a group may just sound crazy to you, but it's the kind of crazy that our world needs right now. Strong relationships were already in short supply in our world, but COVID has made it harder than ever to maintain meaningful, strong relationships and easier than ever to retreat into our homes or behind our screens or to our television, our computers or to social media, to retreat away from meaningful, loving relationships. And if we're gonna combat this reality, we need strategic intentionality like never before. I love what I'm already hearing from people who have decided to start a Love Does group. One family stopped me last week after the outdoor services and they said, Ethan, will you pray for us? We're inviting all of our neighbors to join a group and to do the Love Does study together. Two families have already said yes. Would you pray that more would get on board? See, they have seen the relational erosion in their community and they're gonna do something about it. A woman on Tuesday told me, I have a bunch of friends with adult daughters and a lot of them are feeling lonely, disconnected in their families and disconnected from each other because of this pandemic. I bet I could invite them to get together for five weeks and do this Love Does study. She said she'd looked at it online already and she thought it looked like fun and they would enjoy it. And so she was gonna try and get, inject a little strategic love into these eroding communities. Uh, somebody, a, a couple told me their small group kind of quit meeting when COVID started, it just got too hard. But now they realize that was a mistake. They should have pushed through to keep those relationships alive. And so they're gonna use the Love Does as the opportunity to relaunch their small group and say it's worth it. Even if we have to wear a mask and even if we have to sit on the back porch and even if we have to spread out a little bit, it's worth it to keep these relationships intact. Somebody else said they're gonna use it as an excuse to reconnect over Zoom with their friends in Puerto Rico. Another said they're gonna use it as an excuse to reconnect with their friends in Massachusetts. Uh, one person told me this, I love this. They said, Ethan, I've been so lonely lately. I've been wondering why I was forgotten and why no one was reaching out to me. But then I realized I had also forgotten to reach out to others. That too had felt too hard to me. And so I've just figured out it's my responsibility to help bring these relationships back together. 
and they're nervous and they needed a lot of help, but they're gonna launch a Love Does group. They've reached out to a bunch of their friends and say, hey, let's start meeting again and we're gonna figure out how to do it safely and it's gonna be okay and it's just gonna be a few of us, but we're gonna rebuild those relationships. Here's the thing. If you, like me, look around and see the relational erosion in our world, and especially this acute moment of disconnection that COVID has caused, well, don't you wanna do something? Don't you wanna help fix it? And, and here's the thing I know, complaining about the left or the right, complaining about masks and testing, complaining about not enough safety protocols or too much safety protocols. None of that is going to heal the relational erosion of our moment and bring us back together. It's going to just make the camps more clean and more, more divided. But love will. Intentional, strategic love will start to heal the erosion and rebuild relationships. How do I know that? Because that is what love does. I believe that God is calling the church to resist the relational erosion of this moment through a strategic initiative of love. Not through complaining or fighting or criticizing or bemoaning or despairing, but through a strategic application of love. What's that look like for you? Well, for students and kids, recommit to your group. Don't miss it. I know it's a little harder. I know it's annoying to get onto Zoom or annoying to wear a mask, but those relationships matter and you'll have to invest in them to maintain them. Adults, young adults, middle-aged adults, older adults, do you see relational erosion around you? I see it in my own life. My friendships are frayed and weakened because of the exhaustion of COVID. Maybe you see it too. If you see the erosion that I see, do you think, is it just going to get better naturally? Will people who disagree naturally learn how to love each other anyway? Will people who were once close but have been pulled apart naturally just start getting together again? Is it going to just, is it going to just fix itself naturally? Or do you think it will require strategic action? from people who can bring the love of God. I think it's going to take a strategy. I think it's going to take intention. And you, can you make the situation better by choosing to love? I think you can. I think you could invite two people to meet you for breakfast once a week for five weeks, read a couple chapters of the book, watch a little video and talk, about how we can love others better. I think you can invite five people over to your house or invite some, some couples you used to hang out with or invite the, your whole hall on your dorm to meet in some big room where you can spread out and wear masks and do it right, of course, be safe. But don't give up on loving one another and caring for one another. Maybe you want to invite your whole apartment building. Meet outside in the parking lot out front, figure it out, I don't know, you'll do it. Invite them to join an intentional movement of people who have decided to act in love because that is what love does. 
And, and here at the church, we are ready to support you and equip you. We have all the tools you need. You definitely can do this. Whether it's with an old friend over Zoom or your next door neighbors that you just haven't seen in a while or with a group you meet. I don't know who it's going to be. Head to head here. Head to fcc-jc.org slash love does. We've got a page set up for this. and There's a great big button that says, I want to launch a group or I want to help launch a group. You click on that button and somebody will be in touch with you and we'll give you all the resources you need. If you aren't able to launch a group, you just know that isn't what you can do. You can still contribute to resisting the relational erosion that's happening right now by joining a group, inviting some people to join with you. Again, maybe you want to join one of our existing groups uh, and, and say, I'm in, I'm going to recommit. Maybe you used to be part of a class, but it just got complicated because of COVID and you've drifted away. So jump back in. Say, don't, don't just accept the erosion that's happening in your life. Say, I'm going to resist. I'm going to shore up the banks and plant the trees and haul the rocks to make sure my relationships stay strong and healthy and filled with love and add value. Again, go to the same place, fcc-jc.org slash love does. There's a button there that says join a group. Click on the button. If this webpage stuff doesn't help you, just call the church and tell us, I think I want to launch a love does group or I want to get in a love does group and we will help you do it. My guess is that like me, you see the relational erosion that is in our lives. It's in my life. You see it in other people's lives who have gotten disconnected. And you see it in our community at large. And I believe this is our chance to act on it, to respond to it with a movement of intentional strategic love because that is what love does. When someone is hungry, love feeds. And we've been doing that a ton this year. When someone is hurt, love heals, and we have watched God do that this year. And when people are left out, lonely, and disconnected, love includes and invites and reaches out and welcomes. That is what God has done for you. When you were left out and you were cut off, God said, I'm going to build a family that can include everybody. And that's what you can do. Build a community that can include the people you know who are lonely and left out and disconnected and hurting and sad. So don't miss it. Gather for worship every week, whether online or in person. Read along with the book. You can pick it up at the church. You can order it off a website. It's super easy to get a hold of. It's called Love Does. Read along in the book. And launch a group. Just invite three friends to do the study with you. We'll give you the study guide and the videos. We'll make it so easy. Or if you can't launch a group, then join a group and invite others to join with you. Love reaches out to the lonely. Love invites the uninvited. Love welcomes the previously unwelcome. Love crosses the street to meet a neighbor. Love makes a phone call to someone they haven't seen. Love remembers the forgotten. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. That is what love 
does. Let's pray together. God, I pray for the people here today who are experiencing this relational erosion in their life. They feel cut off and lonely, disconnected from people who love them. I pray that they would recognize that they can stand against it. They can stand up and become an agent of your love. And by giving love, they will also receive love. And they will, they will just improve the whole love level of the whole world around them. God, I pray for people who maybe, maybe they feel pretty connected. They've managed to stay in touch with a few people or connected to their group or connected to their family. Would you just make them aware of the people around them who are hurting and waiting for a phone call and waiting for an invitation? I pray for your church, God, that we would not look at the relational erosion of our world and just stand idly by, but instead, God, that we would rise up in love. Because, God, we believe that that is what you have done for us. You have seen us disconnected, cut off, far away from our Heavenly Father who loved us, and you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us. And because you have done that for us, God, give us the strength and love to do that for others because we believe that that is what love does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.